Okay, so you have a small business that you need to market, but you're not a marketer. So now what? Where do you start and what are you even supposed to do? Well, meet Engie. Engie is marketing software that simplifies marketing for small business owners. You can plan, organize, and get your marketing out the door and in front of your next customers fast. The best news? Engie is turning one on May 8th, so you can make marketing way more manageable for yourself for only $19 a month for your first year with the code BDAY. But don't wait. This offer ends on May 31st. Okay, podcast. I hope everyone had a fabulous week. I can't believe that it's February already. That's just so crazy to me. But I am really excited to dive back into another mailbag episode this week. Um, like I mentioned, you know, during the last one, you guys submitted so many fabulous and wonderful questions that I had to break it into multiple parts. So since I know we're all super busy and I've had a few of you tell me that you like the podcast because of how concise and short it is and you can listen to it while driving, we're going to stick with that. So let's just get right to the good stuff. I'm going to do it the same way I did the last episode where I randomly select a question because I am not about playing favorites. Oh, Did I do that right? (laughs) If I did, I'm going to keep doing it forever. So don't tell me. All right, here we go. Let's see. Okay. Question number one. I've heard you talk about KPIs before, but I still don't understand them. Do I need to be doing them? (gasps) Oh my gosh, you guys. KPIs are my love language. Um, In case you didn't know, KPI stands for Key Performance Indicator, and they are Every business owner's new best friend. So let me ask you this. How do you as a business owner really know how well you're performing in all the areas of your business? What criteria do you use to figure it out? How do you know what to really look for to measure success? What does success look like? There's so many questions <laughs> because, you know, as we all know, success as a business owner is not solely measured by the amount of cash we have in our bank accounts. I always like to refer to KPIs as your quote unquote desert island numbers. Uh, so stick with me here. So let's just play a scenario out. Say you were stranded on a desert island. What metrics would you need to know to understand the health of your business? So that's the main question to ask yourself when deciding which aspects of the business you need to be tracking. So how would you know your business is succeeding if you were stranded on a desert island? Try saying that five times fast. That was hard. Succeeding, stranded, desert island. Never mind. I got it. Okay. Think of it this way. What would you need to know if you were on this desert island, let's play a scenario out here, to let you know that everything was a okay back on land? Would it be the amount of cash you had on hand, um, 
your Instagram engagement rate, your rolling net profit, you know, how many newsletter subscribers you have. There are so many different things you can track and it's so custom for every business that And that's what I love about KPIs because they can measure virtually anything. And, you know, of course, they will differ from business to business, brand to brand, and they'll usually result in some sort of metric that can be measured. And they can be measured over a long period of time to see how well the business overall is doing. Or you can do a short period of time to determine, you know, how a specific campaign is performing. If you can put a number to it, you can measure it as a KPI, basically. Um, I'd love to do a full-blown episode on KPIs, so if that's something you're interested in, let me know and we'll make it happen. Okay, next question. Question number two. I'm just starting to get employees and it's all new to me. What tips would you give first-time managers who have zero experience telling people what to do? Okay, first of all, I've been there. And second of all, Congrats on making enough progress in your business to where you need to bring on help. That's huge. Uh, But being a boss of actual human people is a whole different animal than just telling yourself what to do. And again, I feel like this could be a whole damn episode topic, but here are my biggest tips I can give you right now. Uh, The first one would absolutely be to create systems. You guys know I love a good system. (laughs) Each time one of you uh, tells me that you downloaded Asana, my little black heart swells with pride. So it just makes me so happy. (laughs) But if you're going to grow and scale your business and bring on new team members, you have to have systems in place so that it doesn't turn into a total shit show. It just makes everything so much easier to onboard and to make sure that everything is going the way you want it to go. Um, Also, get your hands dirty. As a boss or an owner of a company, like you should know how to manage every aspect of your business, which means that you should have, at least at some point, done every task, no matter how small. So just because you're the boss, you're in a leadership position, doesn't mean that you're too good to perform any task that's essential to the functioning of the operations. So I'm not saying you need to go on coffee runs, but what I'm saying is it'll show your employees that you're a team player rather than creating this kind of us versus them mentality. So lead by example. And then I would say definitely set clear expectations from the start, because I think this is such a crucial one. I know for a lot of us, we kind of just assume that people know what to do and what's right and what's wrong, And but you, you'd be surprised, guys. You'd be real surprised. <laughs> so always clearly outline your expectations and your deliverables. You know, you just have to remember that your employees are not mind readers. This goes for everybody in your business, contractors, vendors, whatever. And what seems like common sense to you might not necessarily be apparent to some. So if you're setting clear expectations, you cut down on revision time and then, of course, having to have any uncomfortable conversations. Another big one that I think a lot of managers miss is supporting your employees growth and their personal development, even if it means they might outgrow you. Yes, sometimes your employees might receive a better opportunity, which means they're going to move on. And, you know, this could be anything from a new career, continuing their education or learning a new skill. 
So you guys just always be supportive of someone trying to better themselves. If they know they have your support, they'll also be, you know, more likely to use these new skills and education to work for you (laughs) rather than seeking a different position elsewhere. And, you know, even if they don't, be proud of your little birdies. (laughs) Um, Okay, I think that's it for tips for first time managers. Let me see. Next question. Question number three. How do you manage to be so damn productive, especially with a kid? I feel like I don't have enough hours of the day in the day. First of all, flattery will get you everywhere. Second of all, same. Uh, But truthfully, like there's no one size fits all answer for any of it because we all run on different clocks. I hate sitting down and not doing something like I cannot have my hands empty if I'm sitting down at the very least. I need to be reading a book or working on a puzzle And I can't tell you how many fucking books (laughs) I read on my honeymoon, you guys, because of all those hours we were supposed to just be relaxing on the beach. Who can just lay there and not do anything? Not me. But some people can. And that's amazing. I'm jealous. I wish I could. Uh, But, you know, for work stuff, I try really, really hard to stick to a schedule. I am a huge lover of routines. I always have been. Drives my husband insane. Uh, But for me personally, I just find that deviating from them slows me down and it kind of messes with my entire flow. So I don't like to say that I have every hour of the day mapped out, but essentially I do, you know, Uh, but it's not scheduled. It's just like an overarching proposed routine that I've (laughs) inflicted on myself. Um, So for example, I know my best work hours are between 11 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. because that is when my house is 100% silent and empty because my husband has gone to work and my son is in school. Everything else is just kind of different levels of productivity. So I kind of rank it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, During the hours when it's just me and Rocky, I'm obviously less productive because I'm spending my time with him and giving him my focus. But, you know, that's also often when I'll do a lot of cleaning up because he can help me and we can turn it into a game or he can help me prep dinner or take the dogs for a walk, things like that. Uh, When my husband is home, you know, I can do things that require a bit more of my undivided attention, like laundry, meal prepping, that kind of thing. It's just all scalable. Uh, I have my work tasks kind of ranked too, so I can get them done based on the amount of time I have and the circumstances. (laughs) So my husband takes Rocky to school at 830 in the morning, and that's when I kind of shower and get ready for the day before I start to work, even though I'm not leaving my house. I still like having that part of my routine. (laughs) But when he gets back and he's hanging around the house from 9 to 11 before he leaves for work. That's kind of when I do my tasks that require the least amount of my attention because I know he's going to be a fucking chatty Kathy and I won't be able to concentrate. So things like answering emails, making graphics, anything that's kind of mundane but needs to get done, I get that all wrapped up during those hours. I feel like this was a really complicated but also not super helpful answer. (laughs) I guess the short answer is for me, routines are your best friend when you want to be productive. So, you know, it all takes a little trial and error just to find one that works for you and figuring out 
the different kind of rankings of things you can get done during different times. It's all nerdy data stuff. That's what it always comes back to. (laughs) Okay, last question for today. Question number four, with taxes coming up, I know I'm going to owe money because I claim everything is a 1099. What are some of the, what are some ways I can write stuff off for my business? So here's the thing with taxes, you guys, they're a fucking beast and they're an animal from a whole other mother. I truly believe that CPAs are absolutely worth the 300 or so that you'll pay them to help you because they know so many secrets and new loopholes each year. If you've been, you know, doing TurboTax or trying to figure it out yourself, I highly recommend getting a CPA this year. But if you just want some ideas to get you started, you can actually write off a pretty good amount of stuff when you're an independent contractor or a business owner. You can write off, you know, part of your home office, which again, have a CPA help you with because the IRS is finicky about this one and it needs to be calculated in a very specific way. There's like square footage and utilities invested in it. And then, you know, doing your work at your dining table does not count and it has to be a dedicated space. Like that's a trickier one. Um, You can write off professional services. So anyone who doesn't work in house with you, but you pay during the year, like a consultant or a lawyer or an accountant, you can totally write those off. Um, Let's see, office supplies and expenses, client or team meals. So, you know, the your CPA or whatever we'll call this meals and entertainment. You can typically deduct up to fifty percent of the cost, um, as long as at least one employee was present and the meal wasn't lavish. Yes, that's actually in the IRS's description. But how does the IRS define lavish? Fuck if I know. But Like, you probably can't get one of those ice cream sundaes with a 14-karat gold on top and call it a business expense. So just use your common sense. But with that, you know, you can uh, expense your office parties and company retreats. Those can be deducted. And you can always deduct office meals and snacks, things like that. Uh, Freelancers or contractors. So if you bring in independent contractors to help you over the year, you know, you can deduct your costs as long as you paid them over $600. So make sure you issue a 1099 form to anyone you paid more than $600 during the last year so you can claim it. Furniture, big equipment you need to run the business, electronics, uh, computer software, that's a relatively new one. So things like your point of sale system can now be fully deducted instead of depreciating. Your rent, uh, obviously, if you have an office or a storefront. And startup costs. If you just opened up your shop, um, you can deduct up to, I think it's $5,000 in startup costs and expenses. So things that you incurred before you opened the doors to the business. It can be things like marketing and advertising, you know, travel, uh, the pay that you gave your employees for training. Those can all be deducted up to $5,000. Okay, a few more. Utilities, uh, travel expenses, interest on any loans you've taken out, education, so things like workshops and seminars, and licenses, trademarks, or anything related to intellectual property. Okay, I'm boring even myself now with all this tax talk. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think we'll wrap it up here. Um, but thank you guys so much for submitting your questions. I have more and I will try to get to those in future episodes if I can or, you know, just make entire episodes about them. Um, but DM me if you need help with anything in the immediate future. And also, I have huge, big, exciting news next week. So make sure you tune in next week for a brand new episode. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find us. So that would be rad if you could do that. Otherwise, I hope you guys have a wonderful week, you rainbow-infused space unicorns. I will talk to you soon. Bye.